0: Hi, I'm Satvik Trinivas, and this is Arnar Verstegi, and together we are co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. I know we said last week that we were going to look at the AFC and NFC South divisions, but in light of the massive free agency addition this past week, we're going to have to look at the AFC and NFC West divisions, comparing how we felt about these teams before the 2020 season and how we feel now. With that said, let's get right into it.
1: Yeah, and let's start with that massive free agency signing that happened over the weekend. The Arizona Cardinals landed one of the highly prized free agents in this class. None other than J.J. Watt, you know, the reunion with DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. And I mean, this is a win. It would have been a win for any team to add J.J. Watt, three-time defensive player of the year. Big presence on the defensive line. He He's an instant upgrade over a lot of guys in this league. And, I mean, that Cardinals front looking very, very scary. Chandler Jones is up there as well. I, I was looking at this stat. I think Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt are one and two in sacks since 2013. That's scary. That's scary for any. Team, you can be the best offensive line in the league. That's scary, and and the Arizona Cardinals, man, big big win for them here.
0: Yeah, no no question about it. And you know Arizona was not really a team anyone was really talking about with JJ Watt. And you know I guess money was a factor here. He got about thirty something million for two years, and I think he just more even than just like him as a player, the leadership. He brings for that locker room, and the direction that he's going to provide for these young guys. That's really what's going to make the difference this season. Because you know, last last year we we both said this. You know, this team had all the pieces; they were stacked, and and we believed that they had the potential to really be a playoff team, if not even win like twelve games. But what really held them back was that inconsistency. Being an inexperienced team, and, you know, when you add a guy like JJ Watt, that brings that level of experience and leadership to the locker room and to that culture. And that can ultimately take an eight and eight kind of team and make, turn it into a real contender.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to equate it to another team in Arizona, the Phoenix Suns. And, and for our basketball fans out there, you know, this is the Phoenix Suns. You know, they traded for Chris Paul in the offseason. This was a young team with Devin Booker and Deandre Ayton and adding Chris Paul, adding that veteran presence to the Phoenix Suns. Now you look at them and they're the second seed in the West. So look that that's, that's as similar as it gets, you know, for Arizona and the Cardinals here, right? You add a veteran guy who can sort of elevate your team, elevate your locker room. I mean, it's amazing. And, I think it was necessary, you know, you 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 pointed out that this team was inconsistent and we said it all year, you know, losing easy games to Detroit and Carolina. And and when you really look at this team and dig into the record, this could have easily been a 12-13 win team if they just won the games that they were supposed to, the easy games because they went out there and they competed with the likes of the LA Rams and the Seattle Seahawks and It's gonna go a long way for these Cardinals here.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I I had this team going nine and seven. They ended up at eight and eight, you know, really they ended up where we thought they would be personally. And but the way they got there, that roller coaster, that's that's really what it was. But you know, something that I do take away from this, you know, we were all thinking to ourselves, JJ Watt, he wants to go to a real contender, he wants to go to a Green Bay, a Buffalo. But, you know, in his eyes, Arizona is that kind of team, a team that can really compete. So, you know, say what you will about the money. And that's probably played a role in why J.J. Watt decided to sign there. But I also do believe that J.J. Watt genuinely believes that this is a team that can go a long way and really contend.
1: Right. Uh, And I was right there with you. You know, you said nine and seven. I was nine, six and one. They pretty much ended up there at eight and eight. But, yeah, you're you're 100 percent right. This was a dark horse team. And, you know, the, sometimes those dark horse contenders, they end up on top. And, and that's just the case here. And I think, you know, the, the word moving forward, it's 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 the same word that we've been saying all year for these Cardinals, consistency. And we'll see how J.J. Watt improves that in Arizona next year. Uh, let's look at uh, another team here. Uh, which rebounded, I would say, this year was definitely a rebound from the previous. And and that's the LA Rams. And this team, I mean, after losing to the Jets, it didn't look promising. It was an up and down year in the regular season, but they sort of found their groove come playoff time, even going to Seattle and winning a game.
0: Yeah, no, you know, this was always a terrifically coached team under Sean McVay. And there were question marks, you know, the offensive line took a step back, This prior season before here. And of course with Jared Goff and all that stuff. But I think for them to really take that next step because they've been perennially perennially this playoff team, but if they want to go be a legit Super Bowl contender, you need that quarterback and they made that blockbuster move and they went out and got the guy they believed in Matthew Stafford.
1: And yeah. All right. I might say it right now. I know. I know I said it Super Bowl week, but th- this is my this is my pick. This is my pick for 2022. And I'm, I'm staying strong with this team. And and you're 100 percent right. This team all around might be one of the best teams in the league, one of the best rosters. Right. And and you look for holes. You, you try to be picky and you say, OK, could they make an improvement here, there, here, there. Maybe linebackers is a place you might want to add a tackler guard. You have the ability to do that through the draft or free agency. But the glaring hole was always the quarterback play, right? Because Jared Goff, he's a good quarterback, but he, he needs a lot of things to get going for him, right? He needs that run game. He needs a, a good uh, good O-line to pass block for him when you know they run uh, play action. But now you get a guy – who no matter the circumstances, no matter the guys around him, puts his heart out and plays at an all pro level, you would say, and in Matthew Stafford. And I'm just saying, watch out, cause this team can go very, very far.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like the ceiling for this team is limitless with Matthew Stafford now at quarterback. You know, I sort of compare this, you know, to you know, this past season, Phillip Rivers got an opportunity to go to an organization like Uh, Indianapolis great offensive line great pieces all over the roster you know unfortunately we we know how it ended for Phillip Rivers but Matthew Stafford has that kind of opportunity here to really it's a new start for him a new franchise after so many years in Detroit and and the real thing here for Matthew Stafford is he doesn't always have to play hero ball he doesn't need to be that gunslinger quarterback He, he just has to protect the football you know just all the stuff we saw you know Brady do this year really just lead that team, making all the right d- d- decisions from the quarterback position. Cause Matthew Stafford doesn't need a throw for 450 yards and s- five touchdowns for this team to win. That's that's right. not what's that's true.
1: He's that's The defense big... is there. The defense. I mean, that, that's, that's a really good defense. And, and I just want to add one thing here, you know, going into this season, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a believer in this team. I actually had them going six and 10 and I was really critical, especially because they were spending money on big name guys the past couple of years, just trying to put talents together, even though they might not have mesh. And I was hypercritical of this team, but that's not going to be the case going into next year. I mean, this is, this is the team to beat in my opinion.
0: Yeah. No, I, I had him going seven and nine too. You know, I've never really questioned Sean McVay, but you know, just this team, the state that they were in, you know, moving pieces, all that. And also I thought this division was, you know, going to be, I mean, it was an incredible division. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, Seattle had some question marks, San Francisco had injuries. That probably also sort of played into the mix of it, but I guess, you know, just hats off to Sean McVay and what he's doing with this team, you know, as long as he's there, they have, they have elite players on defense. They have guys, you know, Cooper cup, they have the playmakers. They have an elite coach. Now they have an elite quarterback and, you got all the pieces now. It's time to go win a championship in LA.
1: Right. That that that's that's right. I'm I'm saying it. I'm gonna say it like a thousand times this year. This is my championship pick, and I, I'm 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 really proud of it. I'm really proud of it. That's all I'll say. And you know, let's let's talk about those question marks with Seattle that you brought up. Let, let's move on to the Seahawks here, and and this is a team which had a strong regular season. They went twelve and four. Uh, and won the division. I had them going 13 and 3 finished around the same area. Um, but it didn't feel like that 13 and 3 or, or 12 and 14. It felt like there were a lot of structural issues in Seattle and and that's what's coming to heads with this Russell Wilson trade drama. you know, he laid out his, Four teams that he might want to be traded to, the Bears, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Saints. Let's start off with this. Do you buy into the rumors? Here's what I buy into.
0: I buy into the fact that there's definitely a rift there in that organization between what the quarterback wants, between what the organization, the front office wants. And whenever you have that kind of situation, you know, when both parties aren't on the same page, at some point that's going to end up in a divorce or they're going to have to fix it but you know just we've been seeing these kind of situations just as an Eagles fan with Carson Wentz and Doug Pierce and all the drama going on whenever you have that kind of rift you know that's what I, the word i keep using keep using at some point there's going to be a divorce i'm not going to say that's going to happen now or is that going to happen next season whatever it is but i feel
1: like something's coming in seattle i really do feel that way yeah. And, you know, just it, it really feels like this team, it, it's, it's become Russell Wilson centric. I think I think that's what we've been saying all, all season. You know, the defense, even though they added Jamal Adams, it really didn't feel like they made any big upgrades on the defense. It was still poor play. They weren't able to get the pass rush going. Um, the offensive line, once again, another horrendous year. Um, although, you know, I I guess you want to say Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, they had these breakout years, excellent years, but, but still, you know, overall as a roster as 52 guys who go out on the field, it it didn't look good.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I I had this team going in 11, 11 and five, they went 12 and four, but even, even the way they got there, you know, a lot of these close games, you know, and Seattle's always that team that, they, they sort of play down to, to their opponents. I guess you could say that. And that's just an element of the lack of consistency day in, day out. And may, maybe that was coaching. You know, they fired their offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, bringing in Shane Waldron now from the LA Rams. Maybe you have a Sean McVay influence now on this new new look offense. Maybe that will help if Russell Wilson is still the quarterback. But, you know, I, I something's gonna have to change. Either the organization internally, they make changes in order to fix the problem, or they might have to cha- um they
1: might have to trade Russell Wilson. So a I, I, I change definitely has to come in order for this organization to succeed. Well, hey man, my Saints are in the mix there. My Saints are in the Russell, gotta come to New Orleans, man. If you if you wanna go anywhere. Post Drew Brees. I'd love to see Russell Wilson in the Saints uniform. That's all I'll say about that. All right, I, I'm not going to
0: talk too much about this, but I have no idea how they're going to make it work with
1: that cap space. Mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. Um, all right, so so let's let's move on to the 49ers here, the last team in, in the NFC West, and in this season it was it was it was a rocky road for these Niners. Um, I had them going 13 and three. Uh, Obviously, injuries completely derailed that prediction. Uh, They ended up at the bottom of the division, six and 10. And I'm not going to come out here and say if the 49ers were 100% healthy that they would have made the playoffs. They would have achieved that 13 and three prediction that I had set for them. Uh, But injuries definitely played a part in this year's season for the Niners.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's true. And I, I had them going 10 and six, you know, same thing, injuries. But this was really a team that was – it's not like this was one of those – you know, you could, you have varieties of, you know, six and ten teams. You can have a horrible six and ten team, or you could have a team like San Francisco that was really fighting in, like, pretty much every single one of their games. And I started, you know, when I look at San Francisco this year, I see a similar situation to what we saw with the Rams, you know, a couple of years ago. It's kind of like it, it, that Super Bowl hangover year. You know, you take a step back, but similar to the Rams, you know, you know, you don't question Sean McVay, you don't question Kyle Shanahan. These are two cream of the crop head coaches. They know absolutely what they're doing. They, John Lynch, San Francisco's GM, terrific, phenomenal GM. They have the guys in power that, that they know what they're doing. I think this team is going to be back. I don't have any real doubts about them.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of the league, you know, got a bit relaxed because they didn't have to face that treacherous 49ers D-line because, you know, half of them were injured in the entire season. But next year, best believe it that they're going to be back and they're going to be back in style. I mean, they Nick Bosa and all the boys, they're going to put up some numbers in terms of sacks. And, don't be surprised if one of them wins defensive player of the year or they have multiple all all pros on that defensive line. It is going to be dangerous.
0: You know, in the spirit of making these bold predictions, yeah, I'm not really a huge bold prediction guy, but <laughs> I will say this. If if I ask my gut what my gut's telling me, I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo will not be the starting quarterback for San Francisco when the 2021 season
1: starts. That's just and, how- yeah, no, I was actually I was actually just about to go there. Um the quarterback situation in San Francisco, that, that's really the big question mark moving forward with this team, moving forward uh, in the offseason. What they do is really going to – there's going to be a lot of question marks. Are they going with Jimmy G? Are they going with another guy? What do you think is going to happen? Because, you, you know, you've said, you've said uh, that Jimmy G isn't going to be the starting quarterback, but do you think Al Shanahan really wants to move off of him, bringing in a new quarterback to a new system and everything?
0: All right, here's what I say, you know, maybe that, maybe, maybe he keeps him. I don't know. I, I was just in the spirit of the moment, just came out and said that. But, but here's here's what I see though, you know, similar to the Rams, I keep drawing that comparison. You know, they believe in Jared Goff. It's not like they thought Jared Goff was this horrible quarterback. But the fact of the matter was, Jared Goff was not progressing at the rate at which they, he should have as a franchise quarterback. He was, to a degree, holding the team back, holding the offense back. And okay, you know this year Jimmy was hurt, all that. I'm not gonna. Maybe he comes out in 2021 and balls out, and I'm all for that. Like I want to see him succeed. Succeed. Like it's not about that. But even you know, looking back, even on the year that they went 13 and three, there were times when it wasn't that. There were times that you wish, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo, like the offense had to be catered towards Jimmy Garoppolo and what his strengths were and what his weaknesses were. And part of that held Kyle Shanahan and the offensive scheme back and limited some of the things they could do. And if you know, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, if I'm John Lynch, and even this is provided that Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, doesn't automatically like turn around and he, now he's a like top five quarterback. It's, if that I don't believe that's ever gonna happen. I just don't see that happening. But if I'm San Francisco, I'm not gonna settle for a decent quarterback. I wanna go get myself an elite quarterback.
1: And just on that, I think it sort of eliminates the draft for San Francisco, in my opinion, because if you look at the team, it's it's really built to win now, right? Uh, you have a lot of talents who are going to be asking for a lot of money in two to three years, in my opinion. So if I'm looking at San Francisco, I think it's built for a quarterback who is already there, i.e. Deshaun Watson. I'm just throwing that name out there. I'm just throwing that. I don't know what what's going to happen. I'm just saying... That's the type of quarterback that fits San Francisco's situation right now. Yeah, no, There's I, really, I don't see them going out in the draft or, you know, free agency and signing one of these mid tier or, you know, rookie quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. You're right. You know, that it makes the most sense, you know, just like go out and make it happen San Francisco. Cause you know, I don't know what Houston's doing. They're saying that, Oh, we're not planning on trading Deshaun. Like, come on, like, let's, let's be real. But you know, it makes sense. You know, if you put Deshaun in that system with Kyle yeah, yeah Oh, this and yeah, then you got a problem in the NFC West if you're yeah, Seattle. No,
1: there's four <laughs> teams that can make the playoffs. Right no, there's there. four
0: teams that can make the Super Bowl. if, if, if that oh, just not, Yeah,
1: yeah you, can, you can go as far as to say that as well. Uh, I'll throw another name out there just for the sake of, you know, Houston saying that they don't want to trade uh, Deshaun Watson. I'll, I'll say Derek Carr as well. Um, I think I think that's a name that you might be able to float uh, around with the San Francisco 49ers. All right, let's move on to the AFC West. And, and this, is, this is a, I think this is a 7-11 NFC West. I mean, there's a lot of teams with a lot of talent that can do a lot of things, uh, but they're but they're really not there yet. Um, I, I think let, let's, let's get the easy team out the way, and that's the Chiefs. Um, you know, obviously coming off of a Super Bowl loss, this is, this is a team that's been in the championship game three straight years. Um it was unfortunate what happened. Uh obviously incredible season uh going 14 and 2 surpassing what I had them at at 12 and 4. Um but really to put it put it quite frankly, I really don't care about this team until January because they're going to be in that spot for the next 10 years. So I mean, you can say whatever you want to say here, but that that's all I have to say for the Chiefs here.
0: Yeah, no. I had this team going twelve and four. Of course, they went fourteen and two. But you know, as long as Patrick Holmes is there, Andy Reid, he got all those pieces. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. This team is always going to be twelve plus wins. Like, don't don't even question it. But you know, coming off of this loss, this in the Super Bowl, I, I think it is somewhat a humbling loss for this team. You know, they they need to take a step back now. Look at self scout. You know, look at what went wrong there's no question the offensive line injuries played a significant role but even to that extent you know there were things that Casey could have done they sort of just went into rely on Patrick Mahomes to be Patrick Mahomes mode got out of you know the quick stuff getting guys open getting the ball out like they got to play to their strengths and when when you have a weakness on the offensive line you can't you can't really do that but you know, I'm I'm not too worried about that game. You know, it's one game. Like, come on. Like, look, look at the look at the sample size here. Like, you can't tell me that this franchise is ruined now and they're gonna
1: <laughs> exactly. I, I heard so many people saying Kansas City is done. Done. They won 23 out of 25 games the last like three season. Done. you know what I mean. Like that's that's the, the, the they're, they're just getting started. <laughs> I mean. yeah, Kansas City for sure. Uh, they're they're not done here. Let's move on to the Raiders here. And, you know, we're just talking about Derek Carr uh, and the trade rumors. I I think that sort of encapsulates what's going, what's happening with the Raiders. A, A team that has a lot of talent, but really isn't able to get there. And they're just looking for different ways to, you know, take that next step and elevate, whether that's going, you know, moving off of Derek Carr, bringing in another quarterback. I really don't know. But, you know, this is like, Like the Cardinals, I think this is another inconsistent team. Um, I actually had them going ten and six and um going to the playoffs as a seven seed. I I thought, you know, eventually the talent has to pay off and you know, obviously they went eight and eight, lose lost a bunch of easy games, I would say, throughout the season. Um, but really, you know, this team, man. I, I really just, you just compare it to the Cardinals, and it's like a carbon copy. You know, team, good offense, good talent, not able to get there. Yeah, you know, that,
0: that, that's really well put. You know, I had this team going 8-8. Eight and eight. You Now they went 8-8, eight and eight, gave myself a little pat on the back there. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, that's always the way I felt about this Raiders team, you know, past two, three years now. They've always been in the mix. You know, they win, they win a game here or there, and you're like, oh, this Raiders team. Oh, and then, of course, they lose another game. And I know I think back to that Miami game when they were up and then Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and we all know what happened. But there's something, something's missing here with this team. And I don't know, maybe, maybe John Gruden isn't necessarily the guy, you know. Um, I'm not going to say anything like um, definitively, but, you know, there's there's been questions with this team and I've never been sold with like the inconsistency. I don't know. Derek Carr, you know, he played well at times this season, but I definitely think that something has to change with this organization because if they, if they just keep doing this, we're going to have five more years of eight and eight.
1: Right. You you know, if if you're a mediocre team, like every year in the NFL, it's just not interesting. I You know, either you're a young team which has a bright future or you're a, a team that can make a run for it. Like, yeah, you know, they have a Super Bowl window. I think the Raiders are just sandwiched between that and, you know, it's just it's it's not fun, you know. Raiders football anymore. There's it's, there's not you know a young team that's ready out and about, and there's there's not yeah, a championship team there.
0: You know the young team thing. You know that's what sort of you know I attributed to you know the first couple of years. You know like they had a lot of these young draft picks that are coming yeah. in trying to learn the system. It's been like three
1: years now. You know if it's not working, <laughs> it's not working. Yeah, I mean it's it's like it's like you know. It's like a baby that, that learns his ABCs at three and then hasn't mastered it and they're seven years old. Like, you know, come on. Do we need to see some maturity out of this franchise? And, and I would say it starts with the defense. I, I think they need to start uh, building up talent there. I think we saw a lot of holes, especially in the past defense. So I think maybe going out in the draft, I know a couple uh, they drafted Damon Arnett, I think, last year or two years ago. I forget which draft they did but i think still i think there's a lot of holes in that past defense so maybe that's an area that they start building up and accumulating talent but there's a lot of problems with this organization yeah
0: you know it's not even that they're not like they've invested a lot in this roster you know a lot of young guys they're drafting with. Like, you know, i keep saying this i'm not coming out and saying that coaching is the problem but i feel like you know a lot of like that miami game i bring go, i go back to it on the on the last play of the game when Brian Fitzpatrick took that crazy pass like face mask you know everything you've probably seen the play but the the, the DB was in like when you're when you're playing pre defense he was like down here like playing and he was like playing in the flat and like I don't know if that's just a mental error like but I've just seen a lot of these things that just can't be happening and we could keep saying that you're know, young players but it just can't be happening if you want to win football games Exactly.
1: Exactly. And, you know, let's talk about this coaching here and, uh, you know, the chargers, uh, another team in the AFC West making a, a coaching change here, moving off of conservative coach, Anthony Lynn, and moving on to, um, Rams defensive coordinator, uh, Brandon Staley. And, you know, I, I think it was a good move. I think, you know, the chargers have always been a good roster. I never thought that, you know, uh, the roster there were there were many holes on in the team i think if you want to say something that's a quarterback position uh last year going into last year you know moving off of philip rivers but i think they've solved that they have the rookie of the year justin herbert uh sitting in their quarterback uh sitting in the quarterback room so i don't know i, I let's see what happens with Chargers. this has been like since 2010 i believe they have they've just had a top five roster so We'll see if the new coaching, you know, we are talking about the Raiders and, you know, how they might need a new coaching change because they have so many good pieces on the roster. So I guess we'll see what happens with this team.
0: Yeah, you know, this is another one of those teams that's always been had the talent, but we haven't seen the wins. And ultimately, that's what matters. But, you know, like you said, you know, I, have, I don't have a lot to go off here. You know, a new coach bringing in Brandon Staley, a terrific defensive coordinator from L.A., And offensively, you know, you've got to keep having helping uh, Justin Herbert You want to see him grow as a quarterback because, you know, he's shown a lot of promise, but definitely he's not at that level that, you know, there's still room to grow. You know, that's what I'm trying to say, but the future is right for this organization. If Brandon Staley is the right coach, if you get the coach and quarterback, you know, we all feel like now I think they have the quarterback, but if you get the coach, you pair them up and that's a formula for success.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I had this team going seven and nine, ended up going seven and nine, pat on the back. (laughs) But um, I think sort of take this season as a learning experience, especially for Justin Herbert. It was crucial putting him in early in the season. I still remember how we put up a great fight against Kansas City. I would argue that that was really his coming out party, um, showing that to the NFL that, you know, he has arrived and he he is ready to take that next step. Um, so, so yeah, I think definitely good that a rookie quarterback got his experience and played well. We'll see how he bonds with the new head coach. I think that's, that's, that's going to be really key moving to next season and, and the future.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's look at another team, you know, with a young quarterback, a lot of talent, the Denver Broncos. How do, how do you feel about this team? You know, this season was, it was tough, a lot of injuries, all of that, but coming up in the 2021 season, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys' jobs on the line here. You know, they got to get right this year.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, I thought this would be the year for the Broncos, especially with all the trades that they made. And, you know, Drew Locke, he really played well uh, two years ago towards the end of the season. So I was confident in this team, and I had them going 11-5. and five. Um, Obviously, that's not what happened. They they finished 5-11, and 11, just flip of what I thought. And, you know, similar to the 49ers situation, um, I'm not going to say... That injuries are the you know, if they didn't have injuries, they would have been eleven and five, they would have gone to the playoffs. But injuries were a huge factor in this, starting with Drew Locke and the quarterback.
0: Yeah, I, I had him going nine and seven. Um, I feel like maybe they could have got there, you know, without the injuries. But it, it doesn't matter, you know, this past season, it is what it is. But in this twenty twenty one season, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully there's, there's no injuries, none of that. You put it behind yourselves. And, you know, now they just got to go out and really win football games because, you know, they have a good coach, Vic Fangio. They have a young quarterback who they believe they could be the franchise quarterback. You have a lot of pieces on defense that you've accumulated over these years. You know, you drafted um, a couple of wide receivers last year. Jerry Judy it was a slam dunk. Um, the pieces are there. You know, I just keep saying that it's it's time to go win football games in Denver.
1: Yeah, and you know some of the trades that they made. Obviously, uh, they got Jarrell Casey, uh, star uh, defensive lineman from the Tennessee Titans, and I think you know he was injured, uh, as well as AJ Bouye, who they acquired from the Jaguars. Um, obviously, they they released AJ Bouye, but you know Jarrell Casey, he was out. You know, he had the Vaughn Miller and all that going on. Um, so, and I think you know Bradley Chubb. I'm not going to say he's a bad player, but he really hasn't lived up to that fifth overall pick expectation that was put on him. And, you know, obviously Justin Simmons is going to free agency. So so that defense as a whole, it's a question mark along with the quarterback position. And I I, I don't know, man, like I want to be confident in this Denver team, but like I want to see what happens in free agency and the draft. I really want to see. I think that's going to be crucial until like, you know, really – see what happens with this team and make a prediction here
0: yeah no same but but what what I will say though is I think more or less I think they're going to have a pretty good supporting cast for Drew Locke and, and to me it's really how far has Drew Locke grown because you know we look at a guy like Josh Allen you know Drew Locke is in that bucket of a guy with a lot of talent but if he wants to take that next step that's going to be the difference because if he's going to, you know, be a young quarterback, he's going to make mistakes, he's going to do this, but then have some flashy play. If he's going to stay where he's at, then you're going to have our eight, nine-win football team. But if he can really put it together, you have a chance to go out and contend.
1: Right, and, you know, with the Broncos here, they really need Dar- uh, Drew Locke to come along because I think post Peyton Manning, they've had 10-plus different quarterbacks start for this team. So, So they really need – drew Locke to become that successful quarterback that stays in denver for about the next decade otherwise it's going to be trouble in denver it's going to be a lot of troubling years to come all right with that being said thank you for listening to the 35th episode of the backfield rift be sure to tune in next week where we're going to revisit the nfc and afc south that we had promised that we we're going to talk about this week and it's going to be a great episode. We're going to get to the Saints and their quarterback situation. I know that's a hot topic. And the Bucks, man, winning the championship this year. We'll see uh, how they will fare next year. Until then, it's been Arnav Rostogi and... Stop picturing us. Stay safe and take care.